If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Wow. Uh, everyone, we have an extra special episode for you, um, mostly because we have an extra special guest <laughs> that I know you guys have been dying to hear from. She speaks silent Jenna speaks oh baby (laughs) it's a huge deal it's a fucking huge deal and you know what else is a huge deal the fact that we have even more patrons this week that we got a shout out we love Mm. them so much unconditionally forever starting now um first up we have our vessel heads coming in on those ships (laughs) uh julia young we love you you are my favorite. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a couple favorites as well. And they are the newest members of Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. And they are Natalia Gutierrez Jones, Suzanne Coomer, Aaron Lawless, Paige Walton, Dave Johnson, Rachel Hinton, and Fiona Brogan. You guys are my favorite. Oh my gosh. Well, look, sorry not to be outdone. I also have favorites. I have favorites this week. They have upgraded to new Patreon heights. Uh, They've been here. We've been loving them. They have decided to just keep on moving on up in this Patreon world. You love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. And, um, And once again, they are my favorites. And they are Helena Glanville, James Draper, and Pigface Wigface. Pigface Wigface. I just want to say Pigface Wigface, you're also my favorite too. <laughs> um, we love you all unconditionally. Thank you for your support, for your continued support. Really, you're all our favorites. We appreciate you so very much. It's true. It's true. Uh, don't make me choose. I actually don't, don't have a favorite. Don't make me choose. Don't make us choose. Don't, don't make us choose. Don't make us choose. Um, if you would like to become a patron and get one of these sweet, sweet shout outs, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. Oh, gosh. I struggled with that. Um, and, you know, if not, you're still our favorite. You're still our you favorites. Know? Don't make mm-hmm. us choose. And we really hope that you like this week's episode. It's a good one. It's a good one. I think it has favorite potential. Mm. <gasps> Here it is. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, and I like telling these two about them, and we do them, and we record it, and we make a podcast. (laughs) Those are the steps. And we do them, and we do them. 
and we record. <laughs> really taking us through the process. Soup to nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. I've not heard that phrase. You haven't? Oh, I've heard soup to nuts. I don't understand. I I don't understand what it means, but I've definitely heard it so many times. Like, what is the soup and what are the nuts? But soup to nuts, it's a thing. It's, maybe a to Z. you. Maybe if, I was about to say it's like the start of a meal is soup, <laughs> and then you end but, your meal with some nuts. <laughs> but yeah, nuts I don't think for you dessert. End your meal with nuts. <laughs> I don't know yeah, about that. A little post dinner nut snack. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like if you're so, get a little supper. hungry at the end of the night, you might have some nuts. <laughs> I want to look up where that's from. But anyway, how are we? <laughs> What's up? Clearly, clearly, we're pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I have exciting news for all of our listeners, which is that we have merch available to purchase. Oh, it's, huge. it's huge news. It's big news. And we it's posted on Redbubble and their site's a little bit confusing. Just a disclaimer there that it basically organizes it by um, design type and you have to click on each thing to see what items are available in that type. So I don't know. Good luck to you. We wish you the best. And we will put a link to it on our Instagram and I'll add it to our website, which is too scary to watch.com. Um, so check it out. I hope you guys like the designs that we made. They Sammy made me made. laugh. So <laughs> credit to Sammy. They're really freaking awesome. And she did it because she's the best. Yeah. Thank you, Sammy. Sammy did the whole thing. I had fun and I hope you guys like them. Yeah, I mean, we freaking love them. Sammy's uh, full disclaimer wearing one of the shirts right now, and oh, it looks yeah, I meant to fucking say. good. It, it looks, looks awesome. so good. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with my purchase. Uh, wow, it really is exciting. Also, soup to nuts is from a full course dinner from the 1800s, where you at the end of the meal would have port with nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we should good bring that back. Oh, good to Let's know. Let's bring back ending your meal with um Port dessert nuts. wine Port nuts. and nuts. Mm, yum. Mm. Yummy in my tummy. Feels like nuts Port you nuts. shouldn't eat so late at night. Hard to digest. All right. We don't need to get into that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's up with you guys? <sighs> Emily, you go. You want oh, I remembered. Okay, I wanted to talk about I I'm gonna check what a thing I watched. I feel like we haven't done that in a little bit, but Ooh, it's been a while. It's been a while. At but least two weeks. At least at least two weeks. <laughs> which is also an eternity. Um I watched um and I'm curious if you guys watched it. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's like um it's a theatrical performance that was turned into a, mm, a special the magician the, guy. Yes, in and of itself. Um mm-hmm. I I had been told to watch it and I didn't know much about it, and I finally um, sat down with it the other night and I really enjoyed it. I think it is best. Now I'm like, why am I talking about it? Cause I'm about to say, I think it's best the le- the less you know about it, but I'll just say it was <laughs> lovely and fascinating and cool. It was fucking cool. I will second that wholeheartedly. I watched it a couple months ago, I guess, um, when it came out on Hulu and, I just feel like it must have been such an insane experience to get yeah. to be there in person 
And there's truly what you said, the less you know, the better. I'd say also treat it like going to an actual performance. I did like, they say like, put your phones away. I made myself a little cocktail and I pretended I was literally in the audience and it was a fun little like night out, quote unquote. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because it's very, it is like, it it feels like you're at the theater. Like that is, it like feels like a theater night. Theater Mm -hmm. R-E ending. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's cool. But yeah, it's like, it doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like a, but yeah, you're at the Mm -hmm. theater. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I just really, I really enjoyed it and I recommend it. Um, And the performances when they were doing live performances all happened in New York and it made me feel so excited for when I get to go back to see some live theater in New York. Yeah. Yeah. That is a thing that New York definitely has going for it. Yeah. Um, And just all the things that New York has to offer that we haven't been able to take advantage of because of COVID. I'm excited to really like wrap my arms around them. Yeah. Experience the city that you've lived in for almost a year now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing I wanted to bring up is that I don't know whether I've told you guys this or not. um, And I really don't want to harp on this whole pregnancy thing, but I am pregnant. And one of these crazy things that happens is that when the baby is inside of you, they get the hiccups like all the time. And so I feel this little tiny fetus inside of me hiccuping like all day, all the time. And apparently it's completely normal, but it's a very crazy sensation. That's and so weird. I never heard of this before being pregnant. And I didn't know if like, is this, is this discussed? Do people know this? It's wild. I feel like in general, pregnancy and birth are not discussed (laughs) until 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 they're happening to you it's so true i have learned so much more about what it is like you you find out nothing um if you are not a pregnant person or know a pregnant person very closely like there's why would you why would you know anything about it like what am i gonna do go look up pregnancy shit right now yeah no of course not (laughs) um henley my question to you is did you just feel interesting tiny little like jumps and then look up what is this and it and it's like how did or is it a mother's intuition (laughs) (laughs) um wow i wish i hope i have mother's intuition so far that has not kicked in um no actually i have an app um called what to expect. And they, every week they kind of give you like a heads up about things you might be experiencing. And it was through that app that I was like, Oh, that's what that fucking is. Like that's what's happening. Um, and so that's, that's how I found out about it, honestly. But yeah. Wild. Yeah. It's really crazy. Hiccups, little tiny, 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 tiny. Hiccups. Little, little baby hiccups. It's so ador- really adorable, cute, really but also cute. probably keeps you awake at night sometimes. It's just distracting and a little like disconcerting sometimes. I'm just like, what is inside of me? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cute, mostly. Ugh. Well, you know what's not cute? <laughs> Tell us. I'm just trying to think of a transition, and that's as good as it's going to get for you guys today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. some good old fashioned horror movies, and this week we are talking about Final Destination. 
Wow. It's a big one. It's a huge, this is a milestone for us, you guys. It's a milestone for sure. (laughs) Um, It came out in 2000, directed by James Wong, not James Wan, James Wong, written by Glenn Morgan, James Wong, Jeffrey Reddick, and starring Devin Sawa, Ali Larder, Sean William Scott. Oh my God. Kara Smith, Kristen Cloak, and Tony Todd. And it is available to rent for $2.99. Wow. Wow. The year 2000. Wow. Emily, wow. You've, ne- you've never seen this, right? I have seen moments of it, mm. like, uh, like on TV at friends' houses around the year 2000. But I couldn't. T- I think there's a roller coaster at some point. Well, that's the other thing is that, yeah, there are a lot of these films. So there is a roller coaster in one of them. I think that's number three. That is not this yeah, one. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I do know, unlike, I sometimes don't. I do know the general premise of this one. I, yes, I know the general premise of this one as well. The premise is great. It's great. I, I'll just say that this is one of our very own Silent Jenna's, uh, a movie that she had been excited for us to do for a long time. And everyone be cool about it but she is here with me currently yeah. everybody just everybody just be fucking cool okay can you just calm down can everyone she, just calm she's down she's here but it's like chill okay mm-hmm. just she notoriously does not like to she does not like to speak hence the silent jenna nickname but she does have a microphone, and if she feels so inclined, she may chime in with a thought or two because she loves this movie a lot. And just to get us excited, um, she wrote an essay on this movie in, what, like eighth grade-ish? And we might get to hear a couple lines of it at, oh after we recap because they're a little spoilery, but... Just, just, you got that to look forward to. Maybe just speak cool, though. No one look her directly in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Cocktail Hour, everybody. This week, we will be drinking a final word. A final word is a variation on the last word, which is one of Jenna's favorite cocktails. I think she likes this one, too. They're both very good. To make a final word, you will need three quarters an ounce of rye whiskey, three quarters an ounce of green chartreuse, three quarters an ounce of Luxardo maraschino liqueur, and three quarters an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. You will shake all those ingredients with ice and fine strain into a chilled martini glass and garnish with a lemon zest twist. And cheers to living forever. I have some trivia for us. So the budget was $23 million. Box office made $113 million. Good. Mm-hmm. Not like incredible. I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. good. I would it's be pretty pleased. good. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. And then this actually was surprising to me. It has a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 36% on Metacritic. 6.7 on IMDb because that's what everything has on IMDb. Right. I'm surprised by that, too. I, is there a reason for that? Like, I feel like it's such a popular movie that's so well-loved by so many people. I'm confused. I mean, it's like very, it feels very 2000-y, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, Isn't that I was when trying the reviews to... came from? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, that was the time that it was made. But 
yeah, I was trying to think mm. of why it would be so negatively reviewed. And I think I, I personally think it's a really unique premise and I'm very glad that this movie was made because it's just, it's hard to make a unique horror movie. Mm-hmm. And of, it's like, it's of course, like kind of following some of the slashery tropes and, mm-hmm. but I, overall, I mean, the quote unquote, like villain bad guy has not, it's only in this movie that nobody else has ever done this. I don't think it's. Yeah. Is it, did people think that it's like gratuitous? Like, I, I feel like maybe like that, that's the one memory I have. Sorry, Jenna. Um, it, cause I, well, I know, well, cause it's like, it is slashery, right? Like in the, it's just a lot of deaths. So did, yeah. you know, I feel and like I think, 2000 might've been a time where people were like this, we don't do this. This is too. Yeah. Too gross. We don't like um, Britney Spears. We don't like horror movies. Sort of like, vibe. that's what you got to know about us the world in 2000. <laughs> and I do think that that is something that like with other kind of franchise horror movies like Saw, they kind of ramp up as they go and it becomes maybe I don't even want to say gratuitous because it's I really just feel like these are just like inventive ways to to die. Like they're just trying to do different deaths each time. And yeah, they do get gross, but not in the same way that Saw does, I don't think. It's just kind of like different ways to die. <laughs> I have a feeling that as we go through this and I learn what actually happens in this movie, some of my fears about like a, like uh, accidental deaths probably do come from some knowledge of this movie in the back of right. my brain. Right. Definitely. Well, you already said this one isn't the roller coaster, but I'm very scared what? about the possibility of dying on a roller coaster. I mean, that kind of even reminds me of cursed films of just let that like the fact that death can happen at any moment is very scary. (laughs) Like you could literally die doing anything at any Mm -hmm. time. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what cursed films got into is that the human brain searches for ways to rationalize that. And if there's a curse, then there's a reason that it's not just meaningless and random but that the reality is that it is meaningless and random. And so I think, yeah, Final Destination is playing into those fears of like, yeah, you could absolutely die on a roller coaster. You could die in a, all these various ways in a tanning bed. That's also not this one, but another famous one. <laughs> oh, right. That's bad. That's a bad one. That's a oh. really bad one. Yeah, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> okay, sorry. Trivia. I was got carried away. More trivia for us. Okay, this one is specifically for a certain subset of our audience that likes a certain show called Riverdale. Oh. <laughs> Which this just blew my mind. And Jenna told me this while we were watching it. There's a guy in this. Kerr Smith is the actor. The, he's playing a character named Carter, a high school student. And he is the same actor that plays Principal Honey, which is just ah! <laughs> like, I would have never known this was the same person. And it just really, it, it aged me knowing this. <laughs> but wow. to be fair, he was 28 filming this. So he was a 28 year old playing a high school student. So he's now, I guess, 49. But, uh, Mr. Honey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
any Riverdale heads out there, go back and rewatch Final Destination and see Principal Honey in his youth. <laughs> in his youth. Right in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is interesting. The story was originally an X-Files script that they had abandoned. Mm. And the director, James Wong, is a he has directed and produced a lot of X-Files. So I'm thinking that he was maybe in the writer's room or something and was like, well, I'll take this and make a movie out of it. <laughs> and Suckers. I think I I feel like it's pretty crazy that X-Files was like, no, we'll pass on this one. Seems pretty weird. I wonder why it made too gratuitous. <laughs> it was too gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> too gratuitous. Um, that's fascinating. This one really made me laugh. In the opening scene, Devin Sawa was supposed to pretend to be asleep, and he actually fell asleep for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream, man. You want me to sleep in this scene? Okay. <laughs> I just love the idea of like crew moving That's what lights I, and yeah. like, it's like, do we wake him up or? No. Well, he would just have to go back to sleep. So I guess. <laughs> Just be quiet. <laughs> I suppose the one concern would be that he would actually wake up while you're shooting, and then you have to be like, "Damn it, we lost that take." As he woke up, <laughs> it is very funny to imagine the whole crew just being like, "Just let him sleep." <laughs> it's so believable. <laughs> um, and the there's like a shot in this movie that I re- said out loud to Jenna that it's very cool. It zooms into his bedside clock like a digital alarm clock interface and transitions into the departure time on a board at the airport and i was like oh that was a pretty cool shot like it looked really good and especially for 2000 and i just noticed this in the trivia so i had to write it down it took five days to get that specific shot. <laughs> what? What? That's it better so have been cool. crazy. <laughs> that, who approved that? That never happens where someone's allowed to take five days for one shot. We gotta get the shot. We gotta. No way. Okay. Interesting. If you're the rest of the crew on that shoot, you're like, you've got to be fucking again this shot still we're still on this shot that seems like it can't be true (laughs) like it's so crazy (laughs) i mean maybe i mean we we trust we always trust this we trust imdb yeah Yeah, the user submitted trivia it can never be wrong it's always right Mm mm-hmm um, and then last thing is that the original casting choices for Alex and Clear, who are played by Devin Sawa and Ali Larder, were Toby Maguire and Kristen Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Mm. Oh, my God. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and both who actors. Who would later appear together in Spider-Man, baby. Spider-Man. That's right. Um, and that's all I got. Should we watch the trailer? Oh my god, yes, I'm so excited. The year 2000 is really fun to watch anything from, I think. I agree. Oh, the lowest pants with a frayed hem because they were too long, but you wore them with flip-flops. That was every pair of pants I owned. Remember when we thought that that the world was going to end on uh, when it turned midnight at 2000? Uh-huh. And or then that remember the- everybody was like, just kidding, just kidding. It's 2001 is when it's going to happen. So every <laughs> hold off, it's going to happen again in a year is when it's actually going to end. Those, yeah, it was like the, on every tabloid and every grocery store was just like, 
the world is ending in four days. Because the computers won't know how to switch to the next. (laughs) (laughs) What are they going to do? They're going to explode and we're all going to (laughs) die. Like, what was the thinking? Like, yeah, the computers won't be able to know what effect will that have on, like, planes will crash, like, the electrical grid will go down. Yes, Yes, I think it was that. What was it called? There was, like, a term for it. Y2K. Oh, Y2K, Y2K. Y2K, baby. So let's go back. Put yourself back in that mindset before we watch this trip. Uh uh We just survived Armageddon. (laughs) And now we are feeling emboldened to (laughs) re-examine our our relationship with death. (laughs) And what better way to do it than by a Final Destination movie. It's the best way to do it. I got this feeling. It's a weird feeling. The cabin starts to shake, right? And and the the left side blows up, and then the whole plane just explodes. The plane's gonna explode! It's not a joke! It's not a joke! We get thrown off the plane, all because Browning has a bad dream? (sighs) I saw it. The plane! It's gonna blow up! It's gonna blow up! All 287 passengers are feared dead. Because of you, I'm still alive. In death, there are no accidents. No coincidences. And no escapes. Did it happen again? Did you see Todd die? What if it was our time? What if we were not meant to get off that plane? What if there is a design, then it's not finished. By walking off the plane, you're cheating death. You have to figure out when it's coming back at you. What do you got now? He knows which one of us is next. You have a responsibility to tell me. I knew I should have hit on Tammy in the pool that time. You can let it happen, okay? (gasps) Nobody has control over life and death. Unless they are taking lives and causing death. Honestly, I'm so amped for this one. I am so excited. Also, Candyman. Yeah, I forgot he's in this. Tony Todd. Yep. He's in this and he's great. (laughs) Um, Wow. Wow. He's the he's the good he's the like harbinger of death like I was thinking of in Cabin in the Woods what the guy Mordecai the mm. old warning from a stranger oh, yes. he's like that character that's like you better you got you're in deep trouble <laughs> you to death um ooh 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 I forgot about the element again I haven't seen this but I do like know I knew it's a plane crash that they don't get on the plane and then it's like death is coming for you but. I didn't realize that one of the kids is like, I saw it happen. Like, that is a lot of responsibility to be like, I saw us all die. Uh oh, I, I, I guess I'm communicating with death. That's not fun. And then to feel responsible for all the future deaths, actually. Tough. Yeah. Ooh. Also, I'm really glad you told me that that's Mr. Honey because I could see it. Then I was like, oh, my God, it's Mr. Honey. Isn't it wild? But if you I hadn't really... told me, I wouldn't have known. 
I don't know who Mr. Honey is. I can't remember who That's he is. That's because you so... need to catch up on Riverdale. I feel <laughs> Principal so Honey, Henley, Principal I Honey, ring a bell. So <laughs> it does ring a bell, but honestly, I can't picture the face. Even after seeing the trailer, I have no idea who which one is Honey. Um, I'm so excited. I think the style choices are so good. I mean, remember how people used to wear khakis like all the time? Khakis yeah. were a regular part of your wardrobe <laughs> everyone had khakis like everyone had khakis yeah yeah where did that go what happened to that khakis you used know? to be part of my school uniform in, my, in elementary school and middle school there we had to wear like a stupid polo shirt with our school and like khakis you could mm. wear khaki pants navy pants or black pants or or Ooh. like short skirts whatever but so khakis were a staple a big big part of my wardrobe i feel like this was like a time for capris too mm, <laughs> capris definitely we didn't see any in the trailer but i think at this time that's what i was wearing a lot of definitely capris. capris um the every boy and i'll say boy in this movie has hair that looks like if you touch it it would really hurt like very very sharp <laughs> sharp hair <laughs> very straight very sharp like as like Gelled. every strand points out at a new angle yeah i remember the boys in middle school used to go to like the water fountain and put water in their hair and make it stick up straight i remember that too That's i have so that stupid because like dude <laughs> it's gonna dry that is but for those 15 minutes it was perfect, perfect. <laughs> that's why you gotta keep going if back you just keep that up every 15 <laughs> minutes for a full school day Ooh, you got perfect hair <laughs> you know that's who won the superlatives were those guys oh yeah Ooh. the water fountain boys <laughs> water fountain hotties uh mm. wait so i'm like intrigued to know what happens in this movie i'm just excited yeah, well, you're ready. you're in luck <laughs> i came to the right place i think you're about to find out <laughs> it's the bleakest time of the year so you know what that means we deserve to get cozy on the couch rewatch our favorite tiktok videos and drink a goddamn glass of wine if you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle you will love our next sponsor naked wines did you know that when you buy wine today most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County. And they've been around for 10 years and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker. So you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password 
to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, so we start by meeting our protagonist, Alex, played by Devin Sawa. Uh, did you guys have a big crush on Devin Sawa? No. no, I did not. Never. His big thing is Karate Kid. That's like blasphemous to say, right? To not even fucking know. Uh, Casper. You know, I don't know. I didn't <gasps> actually see Karate Kid. Oh my God. He was in Casper. Wait, I didn't have a crush on him, but I definitely had a crush on Casper. Fucking knew it. Yes. I think that he is Casper, isn't he? Oh, oh. he's the voice of Casper? And then he turns into a, like a little boy. He does? Yeah. And it's Devin Sawa. Did you wow. just have a crush on the, the ghost? I'm pretty sure you just had a crush on the ghost. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was just the ghost. Um, did, wait, Sammy, you said that as if we, we probably definitely did have a crush. Does that mean you had a crush? Well, he was a, he was a big heartthrob in, I feel like, the 90s after yes, after Casper fame. It was like Devin Sawa, JTT. This was like a, mm. of the same kind of era. And I feel mm-hmm. like about the same level of fame. I love. I did like JTT, but not a huge crush. I had a huge crush on um, Ryder Strong, aka Sean from Boy Meets World. Oh, okay, okay. I oh, remember him, and I think I probably had a crush on him too. I don't mind telling you guys that literally at that age, what was that like ten ish? Mm-hmm. I had a crush on George Clooney, the adult man, gray hair already. <laughs> Honestly, Sammy, this is really telling. This is okay. like this makes a lot of sense. I literally would go like have dreams that we were married and in love and I would wake up you know with that like heartache that only 10-year-olds yes. can have like yes, I would like feel it in my whole body like oh my god I'm not I'm never going to be married to George Clooney and I'm so upset about it like I would truly I think I probably have cried about it a few times in my if life. If only you knew <laughs> that your age was not the biggest barrier. Yeah, I know. That, I know. I thought it's pretty fucked up, but true. <laughs> um, is it because you're watching a lot of ER, right? Was that what he was in? Yeah, yeah, but I didn't watch ER, so I'm not sure where even I knew him from. Yeah, where the hell were you watching <laughs> him? Because he then, wasn't, wasn't in a lot ER. of stuff then. I don't know. He was just in magazines and I liked what I saw. <laughs> you liked what you saw. I love how I had a crush on Casper and you had a crush on George Clooney. Like, <laughs> really different places in life mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. <laughs> okay i just yeah i just thought we should all figure out who each other's childhood crushes were mm-hmm, none mm-hmm. of ours were devon sawa so we can move forward we can move okay forward. mine was mine was mostly the youngest hansen though okay okay yeah that's a good one <laughs> jenna's was too i know i like him a lot <laughs> and i like devon sawa i wrote him a fan mail you wrote devon sawa fan mail no no the youngest no oh, the youngest hansen I had Matthew Lawrence from Boy Meets World. I had a picture of him in my wallet. Oh, I loved him too. Wait, Matthew Lawrence wasn't in Boy Meets World. Yes, he was was, briefly. Right? The brother. 
in college with the redhead girlfriend? That sounds right to me. I, I had a really big crush on Justin Timberlake, which I now absolutely hate. <laughs> but I loved NSYNC and I loved Justin Timberlake and I was young and naive. God, did you guys, sorry that we're harping on the childhood crushes so much. I feel like this is a fun topic and I know every everybody yes! has something to say about it. Did you guys have um, like binders that you would cut out magazine pictures of the boys that you liked and glued them, glued photos to the binders? Of course. Yeah. Of course. But I'm kidding. Locker inside of your were. locker. Cork board in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, the all the the boys from Gilmore Girls. I remember that being a thing. People oh, loved that. I loved Milo Ventimiglia at that time. Interesting. Oh, I never watched Gil- Okay, okay. I never watched no, Gilmore Girls. No, not now. Not now. He's <laughs> yeah, no. He's if I showed you a picture, it, it's um it's my moody, sexy freak. Uh, okay, okay. It's your jughead of the time. It's my jughead of the time, I believe. Yes, got yes. it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I don't know who I had a crush on. Now I'm like thinking about it. And who did I have a crush on? Literally, besides the youngest Hanson brother, like, <laughs> that was it. I ju- that was it. And you know why I had I had a crush on him? It's because we looked exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> looked exactly the same and like because this is in like first like shoulder length grade. blonde hair <laughs> yeah and also he was like seven and i was like seven when i had a crush yeah, on yeah, him yeah. too um and that's all i know about that they were very talented they mm-hmm. were they were very talented <laughs> you were attracted to their their amazing talent mostly it was his talent i was attracted to <laughs> yes as a seven-year-old <laughs> Um, I'm just remembering a magazine cutout that I, I cut out a lot of pictures of Jude Law. I guess that was a little later. But oh, ma'am. That's I a good only one. Li- I only liked adult men, apparently. <laughs> Honestly? No, se- checks out. no seven-year-olds for me. Oh, boy. I guess this is this is a little too telling. We should move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, okay, so we meet <laughs> Alex. <laughs> It's fucking, we've made it one sentence into this recap so far. Jesus Christ. So he, it's the night before he's going on a trip with his French class to Paris and he, his parents are talking to him saying like, you know, oh boy, you're going to have a wild time. This is so crazy that you're going to Paris. And his dad says to him, you're going to have a great time. And you've got your whole life ahead of you. And for some reason, this really makes Alex stop and look a thousand mile stare into the distance. Ooh, he has a little existential crisis. Yes, like he already is having some strange, confused little feelings about life and death. And mm. he's already thinking about it. He goes to bed. Uh, we see his alarm clock fade into the departure time uh, at the airport. A, a and beautiful we all shot. Think, God, that was worth it. <laughs> Five days worth of work for sure. Mm-hmm. It was totally worth it. And we see um, some of the students from the French class arriving to the airport. We're kind of getting a little taste of each of their personalities. We got our jock guy who is. His name is Carter, played by Care Smith, who is Principal Honey, and his girlfriend, Terry. So he's kind of the jock with his, like, girlfriend who personality is just girlfriend, I guess. (laughs) And then we meet Todd, who is Alex's best friend, and Todd's brother, George. Uh, These are all just, like, high school kids excited to be going on a trip 
and they're a little rambunctious. And then we get our weird girl who is Ooh. no friends, just kind of in the background, like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> this is Allie Larder. Her name is Clear Rivers. <laughs> okay. Cool name. <laughs> also, I love it when the weird girl is like Allie Larder is so beautiful. I know. That's the first yeah. thing I said was she's so beautiful. They <laughs> so just like beautiful. gave Allie Larder brown hair and we're like, there it is. Weird. Uh, <laughs> there it is. To she's be fair, the bangs now. do look bad on her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her hair doesn't look good in the trailer. I, I'll give you that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, and then we they're they're basically being chaperoned by two teachers, the French teacher and just another teacher uh, named Mrs. Luton. And Alex, throughout this whole airport boarding experience, is like looking around slow, like he is still be fr freaked out by everything. And yet Allie Larder's the weird one. Okay. <laughs> he's like, as he's checking in, the the person checking him in says, oh, nine nine twenty five, same as your birthday. Uh, the departure time is nine twenty five. His birthday is September 25th. And he looks at her kind of shocked <laughs> it's like oh thank you and it's all done in this very like duh, 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 type of way <laughs> um but it does feel stressful it makes you know that something is coming he is on edge shall we say mm -hmm. and he sees them tag his bag and it says final destination paris so name we the got movie. the name mm -hmm, mm -hmm. real quick you love it um, and, uh, then as he's, he's about, or no, no, they're waiting in the boarding area and his, his best friend Todd tells him that they're both, they're seated next to two hot girls that in their grade. And he says, um, like, we're gonna have to poop on the flight and we don't want to poop and like bring a poop smell back near them and have them... <laughs> associate us with poop smell so we gotta go take a shit right now and <laughs> clear out our systems fool proof logic <laughs> so they go to bring the, the poop smell back what <laughs> I, my question would be dude what are you doing when you're in the bathroom like why are you bringing a poop smell back he's super passionate about it too he's is like Sean William Scott no this is uh, I don't actually know his name okay. but no, it's not Sean William Scott. <laughs> but so then they go to the bathroom and we get like an overhead shot of the stalls of them pooping next to each other. <laughs> and then um, Alex hears John Denver playing on the bathroom radio and kind of gets a look in his eye and says, John Denver died in a plane crash. And he's freaked out. Like, you can tell he is getting nervous of this flight. He's seeing too many coincidences happen. He's just not feeling pumped about getting on this plane. Um, but they, they start boarding as he boards and he's stepping into the plane. He looks down on the little gap between the walkway and the plane and sees a, a baggage truck drive by that says number 666 on top of it. And it's just like... Oh boy, all these bad signs are happening. He gets onto the plane and he goes and sits in his seat. And uh, we see the two girls that are supposed to be seated next to each of them come up to Todd and say, can you switch, can you switch spots with us so that we can sit next to each other? So it can be two friends sitting next to each other. Todd's like, hell no. I have an issue, uh, some sort of health issue that... What is it? It's like stupid because he's scared. 
that he's going to smell like poo, but then he's like, I have a UTI infection. <laughs> right. He says he has a UTI, so he can't switch spots. I don't know why. Well, that doesn't make but any sense. But it's like, sense. you should be worried about saying that. Um, so he refuses and they go back to talk to uh, Alex and ask him and we see Todd looking at him going no 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 say no say no say no and Alex I have UTI also (laughs) and Alex can't do it and he says yeah sure um I'll I'll swap with you And Todd is pissed and they switch spots. And so Alex goes and sits next to Todd. And as he sits down, he goes to open the little food tray thing. The handle, the latch breaks and falls off. And just like everything is going wrong. And again, he's like, this is a bad omen. He's not feeling good. We see Sean William Scott boarding the plane late, kind of flustered. um, And it's like, I'm here. I made it. I made it. And Alex is just super anxious. He kind of puts his seatbelt on, leans back in his chair, closes his eyes. They 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 take off, and he's gripping the armrests, and everyone's cheering like, "Yeah, we're going to Paris! It's so exciting!" As they reach the I don't know top of the like climbing altitude, sort of, it's the plane starts to shake. Everyone starts to get a little nervous. And then the turbulence stops and they're ready to do a big old fuf. Everything's great. We're all going to live forever. (laughs) 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 And then the turbulence starts again, uh, much more intense this time. And uh, everyone kind of starts screaming and freaking out. The little masks drop. It starts to become clear that this isn't just regular turbulence and eventually we see like sparks happening of like fire break out on uh, one half of the plane and one of the doors flies off of the other half of the plane like something something hits it off and people are starting to get sucked out of the plane screaming people are flying out it's complete chaos it's very stressful and the scene's a couple minutes long, like it just really, you, you, you're in it for all of it. You're really seeing everything happen. And uh, then there's an explosion on the side of the plane and the f- flames come toward Alex and hit his face. And you see his face melt completely off, like shows his face melting oh, off. And then gross. he wakes up back in his seat with the two girls asking and on set <laughs> yeah and <laughs> this was this was him waking up for real this was not acting <laughs> and he wakes up to the two girls asking him to switch spots again and so he realizes he's just had a premonition and oh got it because they interesting okay because of the girls that's how he knows yeah so he's like basically gone back in time time. ish and he immediately stands up and starts completely freaking out like he he just jumps out of his seat and he's like we've all got to get off the plane the plane's gonna explode we got to get off the plane or no he first goes to i think he thinks it's like 
a bad dream and maybe he like had a nightmare and then he wakes up and then he goes to switch spots and then he goes to check the thing which now i do every time i'm on a plane and this the is latch is remember. broken again so and so oh. that part is true and so he pieces it together yeah like okay it wasn't just a dream uh-huh. <gasps> spooky that would be scary he just starts completely freaking out, as you would. And nobody is taking him seriously, obviously, because although I mean, I feel like I would. I think if anyone got up on a plane and was like, this plane's going to explode, I would get off the plane. What would you guys do? Get off. Just in case. Fuck. I feel like it'd just be uncomfortable to be on the plane for 12 hours anyway. I don't know what I would do, honestly. It would depend. I think if one if one guy who seemed not in his right mind started freaking out about the plane exploding, I would think that man is not well before I would think this plane is plane is actually gonna explode. Right. I think I agree so with you. What I would probably do is stay on the plane and be so fucking scared for That's the entirety the- <laughs> of that flight. I would stay there and be like a wreck for however many to hours. To be honest, that's probably what I would do as well. But I would like to think that I would just get off the plane because of that. Because it's like, I know that I'm not going to have a good time on this flight now. <laughs> right. But well, because I'm so like <sighs> passive, I feel like I would be like, oh, I don't want to cause a fuss. <laughs> I'll just die, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll just die. <laughs> if, it was like low, if it was like low stakes, like you just had to get off a bus or something, that's one thing. But getting off a plane, like that's a fucking, you're, you've ruined your whole day. I mean, you have to pay for a new flight. Like, it creates a lot of a lot of consequences to getting off the plane. So you should just die. <laughs> it might be better to just die. Yeah, roll the there dice. There's a lot of consequences. But then also, <laughs> but then also, if what's going to happen in this movie then happens to you, maybe you'd rather die just in that moment anyway. It's pretty That's bad. True. Plane scene. I don't think you'd want to die that way. Me personally, I'd take any of the other deaths. Really? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't what? I'd rather die in any of the other deaths than oh, than the plane, what plane. because Old they statement. like melt to the bone. I don't like that. I don't like that. But that wouldn't it be really fast though? It feels like a plane death would be fast. No, it looked long, and you have like ten to fifteen seconds, maybe longer. One minute of fear. Well, fear for sure. And they're sure. like bodies like hitting chairs, then like breaking. It was yeah, like the really fear graphic of a plane for two thousand. Would be really scary. I yeah. Yeah. Anyone who has a fear of flying should not watch this movie or listen to this podcast. <laughs> no. And we're telling you honest. that now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will argue though at the end of the movie that this movie <laughs> developed my fear of flying and then I figured out how to deal with it because I, it became so bad that I like made a decision because of this movie. So now I fly really well. Mm. Oh, so there's hope. Okay. there's hope for us. And hope I'll share that all. with you if you need to know what I do. Okay, yeah, reach out to Jenna. <laughs> Don't judge me, please. Yeah, be, just be cool about it. Everybody just be fucking cool. <laughs> just be fucking cool, though. Okay, so Alex is freaking out. The flight attendants and whatnot are coming to try to calm him down. And Carter, the jock guy, jumps up and he's all annoyed, like, you're trying to ruin our trip. And I think he punches him in the face. And so a fight breaks out. And so they're like, okay, we need to escort you off this flight. Uh, so, and this is when Billy starts boarding because he came late, but because he's in the aisle, they just kind of are pushing people out. And so they're pushing out Alex Carter and Carter's girlfriend joins 
because uh, her personality is girlfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. Love She's it. like apologetic for my asshole boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. That's her one. Mm-hmm. And so she gets ushered out as well. And Todd and his brother, George, are still sitting on the plane. And George turns to Todd and says, you should go check on him. And so Todd gets gets up to follow them. And as they're all kind of moving out, we see Clear looking at, <laughs> at this whole situation and she she looks nervous and she just of her own volition unbuckles her seatbelt gets up and gets out she decides i'm also going to get off the plane and both of the teachers get taken out as as well um because they're trying to you know facilitate the situation and figure things oh, out what a fucking nightmare as a teacher god like i had to take all these <laughs> fucking high schoolers to paris and then they can't even get on the goddamn plane i know it's very stressful um so they get they they're all back in the boarding area and basically whatever tsa flight attendant people are like you guys aren't allowed back on and the two teachers say one of us has to be there that's like a high school class with no adult supervision we cannot let them go to paris alone and so they say okay we'll let one of you back on and uh mrs luton tells the French teacher that he could he can get on because he's the one that speaks French and you should go. You're excited for this trip. You go. And so Mrs. Luton stays behind. French teacher gets on. Uh, oh, boy. And they're all sitting in the in the like boarding area seats. And uh, Carter's furious. He's so pissed. And he's just is this Mr. Honey. This is Mr. Honey. And he's just like screaming and pissed and um oh wait (laughs) wait there's one thing that i wanted to say while they're all like freaking out on the plane the french teacher comes up and goes alex qu'est-ce que (laughs) c'est that really made me laugh (laughs) um and so they are all in the little boarding area which has the big glass window where you can watch the plane take off Sean William Scott's name is Billy and he's looking out the window and he's like, there they go, like off on our trip. And Carter's still bitching like, and we're not on it because Alex says the plane's going to crash. The plane's going to the plane's going to explode. And of course, the plane explodes and the force (laughs) of it shatters the windows of the airport. They all kind of duck for cover and then come back up completely freaked out. And all kind of turn to Alex. It's like, what the fuck just happened? Alex looks also, you know, pretty scared, but just a wild moment of he was wow. right. And they have a, a spouse and a brother that died. They saw them die. Mm-hmm. It's um, really sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And the two detectives come, Detective Shrek and Detective Wine. Detective Shrek? Yeah, Shrek. He's played by Mike Myers. <laughs> no, he's actually played by Roger Guenever Smith, who was in Tales uh, from the Crypt and Eve's Bayou. Mm. But they're, you know, sitting everyone down because they said the plane was going to explode and they got off the plane and it did explode and that's pretty suspicious and they don't know the cause of the explosion yet and so they're obviously being interviewed to see why they got off why they're going through asking them one by one you know what what made you get off the plane alex says i had this feeling clears like i just 
believed him. So and so they go through all of them and um, then they're they're done. They just kind of interview them. They're like, OK, well, we'll have to wait and see when we do an investigation what happened. And then they're all released. They go home. And the next day or a few days later, I guess, probably is the funeral for all their fellow students who have died in this plane crash. Um, something like 280 people died on the plane crash. I think it was like 20 other students. It's very sad. The, the, at the funeral, they unveil a little memorial statue that they built with all of their names inscribed in it. And Todd is, gives a speech because his brother George died on the plane crash. And we see that his dad is seemingly very angry with Alex for not also having gotten George off of the plane. Or resentful, anyways. Okay. It feels like some grief masking as anger because he needs a place to put it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there we go. And... At this funeral, Carter is still like, Alex, you think I fucking owe you anything? You think I fucking owe you? Like, I'm in charge. <laughs> He's, He's such an asshole. He's like, I'm in charge of my life. Nobody says when I die, I'm going to live forever. He literally says I'm going to live <laughs> <Yeah>. forever. <laughs> it's very funny. And they're all kind of tiptoeing around Alex, not knowing whether to be scared of him. Like, is he a witch? Is he a, a witch? <laughs> Something like... They don't know whether to be scared of him or whether to, like, go to him for advice for the rest of their lives. Billy kind of comes up to him. <laughs> Those are the only two options. <laughs> You're either scared of him or he's your guru from mm -hmm. here on out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Billy comes up to him and says that he's he just passed his driver's test. And the guy that was doing the test with him, he said he turned to him and said young man, you're going to die very young. And he says, do you think that he meant this? And Alex is trying to reassure him and says, no, 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 not now. You're not going to die now. You're not going to die ever. Again, there's like a few times in this movie where they're just like, we'll never die. We'll literally <laughs> never die. <laughs> Just, Which is kind of what you feel like when you're a teenager. Yeah, true. You feel like you'll never die. I feel like you feel less that way after you watch all your classmates die. True. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's a pretty rude wake-up yeah, call. Yeah, that tends to remind you of your mortality a little. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that fucking like driver's ed that, teacher? Yeah, that too? guy's bad. Yeah, don't say that. Interesting to thing to say to a high school student for sure. Um, and then we see everyone goes home after the funeral and we see Todd getting ready for bed. He's in the bathroom and we see that the toilet is leaking a little bit of water dripping onto the tile and we see it kind of pooling outwards towards his feet where he is standing facing the mirror shaving with a straight razor. No. Okay. And meanwhile, we see Alex back at home. He's got his like research all 
fanned out over his desk, his newspaper articles printed out. His so it's like a research montage esque, except like what is there really to 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 research? It just is a plane crash that happened. But he's got it all, everything <laughs> fanned out. He's looking like he's trying to get some answers, and then to distract himself from that, he pulls out a Playboy magazine. And starts like trying to jerk off and like getting annoyed that he can't stop thinking about this plane crash and he can't get into the into the right headspace to masturbate. Come on. on. (laughs) And then back at Todd's house, we see that liquid inching closer to his feet and he plugs in his radio next to him while he's shaving. And guess what's playing on that radio? John Denver. John Denver. Some John Denver, that's right. And uh the the little little stream of water gets closer to him and then he kind of I guess finishes sh- shaving and starts walking away uh towards the bathtub to I guess maybe put his razor down or whatever. And we see Alex in his room and a loud crash happens and it's a big old jump scare and uh it's an owl that flew into his like against his bedroom window and he throws the playboy magazine at it to scare it away and the magazine gets caught in his fan and it shreds it and it sprays all these little shredded pieces of magazine bit and one lands on his knee and it is just a cut out perfectly the letters t-o-d todd Oh, no. And so he gets a bad feeling. Todd spells his name with just one D? Yes, and actually, I looked at, or I, I noticed in the trivia that they did that. Todd. They did that intentionally because Todd, or Todd, in German means death. Wow. So God, it's the intentional. layers in this film. Incredible. The layers. Incredible. Incredible. Oh, it's so nuanced. Ogres have layers. <laughs> This is Shrek. You guys are making fun of it, but I think that's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, what is up with Alex? Is he a witch? Like, I think that I'm he's one... a witch. Or I'm Death is questions. really bored and was like, I'm going to fuck with this kid. Mm-hmm. That too. Uh, so after Alex sees this Todd piece of Playboy on his leg, <laughs> he <laughs> heads over to Todd's house, starts running over there. And back at Todd's house, we see him as he's like reaching into his shower, the puddle finally gets to his foot and he slips in it and falls face first on top of the like wire shower curtain holder thing. Oh, what? And it snaps off the wall and whips around his neck a bunch of times, like wraps like five times around his neck really tight and it's like a pretty thin wire ew, ew, ew. and he falls into the bathtub and knocks over shampoo or something that like spills all over the bottom of the bathtub so it's super slippery so he's trying to stand up and he can't stand and he's pulling at the wire trying to grab it and we see his eyes Fill with blood, like blood vessels in his eyes burst. Ew. Ooh, it's what? bad. That's disgusting. I don't like that. And we see him reach for some scissors that are nearby to try to be able to cut the 
Um, what a weird bathroom. I had a, yeah. I know. You gotta have your bathroom scissors. I've got your my straight edge razor, my scissors, <laughs> my thin wire my shower My radio, my electric radio. <laughs> plug-in radio. Um, but he can't reach. He can't get a grip with his feet and he's just flopping around on the bottom of the tub and getting strangled and eventually does get completely strangled and he dies and we see him go limp as alex is arriving he sees uh the ambulance is already there and alex walks up uh scared says what happened and todd's dad comes out furious and says don't you see he was so guilty about he felt so guilty about what happened that he killed himself Oh, also, after Todd dies, we see the liquid, like, retreat back into the wall. That's so true. The- and the liquid, like, the way the puddle comes out, it's not like the puddle just, like, got in his way. You can you can see it, like, follows where him. he goes. Mm-hmm. So it's This is an, an intentional puddle. It's, it's intentional. <laughs> it's okay, creepy, yeah. actually. Yeah, it is creepy. I like, though, of all the things, of all, if you're, if, if you're manipulating puddles, if you have the power to manipulate puddles to kill someone, you probably could just kill them. He could have slit his throat with the razor. He could have put the shout, the radio in the shower and electrocuted. But right. no, we're going to be a little creative with it. We're going to be a little artsy. We're going to make him slip on a puddle and then let him do the work. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about this, too, that feels like it's like slapstick comedy oh, in a way. If funny. it wasn't. If it, no, it's it's obviously getting not. Offended. I'm upset. Jenna's Jenna is so upset. Imagine that, I just that said you're this. what? How old was I in 2000? You're like seeing this for the first time, realizing like, okay, if you don't take that step in that one spot, like maybe you could escape death, <laughs> and then the puddle follows you, and then maybe it's like serious. It feels really serious. I think you guys would be scared, but yeah. yes, and and I oh, think I would totally be. No, no, I'm not saying I wouldn't be scared, and I'm already like <laughs> feeling stressed about my bathroom. I'm like, I need to check my bathroom for potential danger in there uh, right immediately after this but it's more like it's feel doesn't it feel kind of like slapsticky though like there's something like out just outrageous about yeah and i think it. You know what I, mean? I think that it especially in the later movies it does try to have more and more yeah like outrageous deaths that you would just never think of and it kind of reminds me of a tv show that i used to love called a thousand ways to die oh yeah uh, which is, was such a weird show and I don't even know Wait. how to explain it because I don't think that it was real. Describe your favorite one. I think one is real. The people that went on a date and the guy like... Yeah, there was... Snails they was it was like presented like fact. It was presented as a documentary series, but it was so weird and it was like narrated by this guy and the transitions between scenes would just be a woman's torso like with big boobs like going... <laughs> It was the vibe of the show was very weird. But yes, there was one that was a couple on their first date. The guy cooked snails for his date and found the snails in his yard and they had a toxin in them and they both died from whatever the toxin does to your brain. And it's just these very obscure ways to die. And that's what kind of Final Destination is as well. Wait, but were, were those real stories? I think some of them were. were I up? think some were real, and some were you could die this way. It's just oh, possible. Like okay, yeah. legend things. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got we've got one we've got one death down. 
Um, and so then the next day, Alex goes to Clear's house. She's doing her welding. <laughs> um, cool. Clear. Fucking cool. Seems to have no family and <laughs> live alone in like a huge house, which she kind of explains ish, but I didn't fully catch it. Uh, but so she's like welding art. Alex comes over and they're kind of teaming up and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, this is suspicious now that he basically is like Todd wouldn't have killed himself. We were like making plans for the future. I don't think that he did this. I think something's going on. And so they decide to break into the morgue to see Todd's body. They get there and we meet Tony Todd, Candyman, in this film. His name is Bloodworth. He is the uh, mortician guy and he is very ominous and spooky. And they're basically like, yeah, our friend died and we thought we were going to die on this plane. And he says, in death, there are no accidents. There are no coincidences, no mistakes. No mishaps. <laughs> hey, this guy's not speaking at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and they're looking pretty freaked out by him. And he basically says, everything's all part of death's sadistic design. And you cheated death by walking off the plane. And now death has a new design for all of you. Wow, he was on top of it. it he seems, just fucking knew. Seems to know. He seems to know. They look pretty freaked out. And they turn to leave, and Bloodworth says, See you soon. <laughs> oh, that is a freak. <laughs> uh, then Alex and, and Clear go get coffee. They're kind of, again, trying to put the pieces together. What if we, Alex says, what if, we, what if we weren't meant to live? What if we were supposed to die on that plane, and now death is coming for us? And... He then sees the reflection of a bus driving by in the window of the cafe and turns and there's no bus there. And so he's kind of, again, looking thousand mile stare in the distance. What's going on? He's getting that feeling again. And we see Carter and Terry driving up in Carter's like muscle car. He looks like he's bla he's blaring his nine inch nails. He's looking like he feels really fucking cool. And we see Billy, Sean William Scott on his bike, like, oh, yeah, driving, riding by. <laughs> and Carter just swerves into Billy to like fuck with him. But in a way that like absolutely 100% could have killed him. He knocks Billy off his bike. Billy flies into the other lane of traffic and a car has to like swerve to avoid hitting him. Jesus. And Carter's like, hey, yeah, fuck that guy. And like, <laughs> and then pulls up to the cafe because he sees uh, Alex and Clear and him and Terry get out of the car and he comes to yell at Alex some more. And we see Mrs. Luton walk out of the cafe. And now all of the survivors of the plane crash are here in this specific spot. And uh, it's it's tense. We we find out that Mrs. Luton is is leaving the town like she's so uh, traumatized by this incident that she's moving. She doesn't want any reminders of this place. And again, Carter is just like, I'm in control of my destiny. You don't control me. You have no uh, I don't owe you shit. And Terry kind of loses it and is like, you know what? You need to 
like I can't deal with this anymore. I'm not going to have this plane crash to find the rest of my life, which is like a pretty crazy thing to say, like just a few days after. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't have to define the rest of your life, but it's probably going to be a it's top of define the week. It's going to be top of mind for a bit. <laughs> it definitely is the defining thing of whatever day we're in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's just forget about the plane crash. <laughs> And so she she is basically fed up with um, Carter and is like, if you're going to just every time we see Alex beat him up, then you can go ahead and drop dead. And she steps into the road and immediately gets hit by a bus. Oh, plowed right down blood splatters on all of their faces. They're all in complete shock. Mrs. Luton screams. And uh, oh, we see Alex back at home watching the news and they have figured out what caused the crash and they're putting up these graphics on the news being like this there was an explosion on this side of the plane and it would have led to this or whatever and they're showing very detailed like path of of where the explosion would have impacted or whatever and Alex puts up a little piece of paper to trace on the TV and he kind of figures out the path, the order in which they would have died on the plane based on the explosion. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. And so far, the order uh, was Todd and Terry. Mm. And up next is Mrs. Luton. Uh oh, Mrs. Luton. Oh no. And so he decides to kind of go to go check on her we go to her house and she is she's packing up all of her things and she puts on a record and says this was mom's favorite and it's john denver then she see she's on the phone with a friend or something and she sees alex kind of skulking outside in the bushes and she's super freaked out because as far as she knows this guy has just been around ish when each person has died and predict predicted all this so she's scared of him so she calls the detectives that are on the case and they come and see him kind of he's like looking at her tire he's like crouched down next to her car touching her tires and they're like what excuse me what are you doing and he's like i'm making sure her tires are inflated (laughs) which he really is (laughs) but they don't buy it and they take him in they take him in for questioning and mrs luton lets off a big old phew that creepy guy is gone and she's gonna live forever now (laughs) uh so she puts on a kettle (laughs) oh don't do that and as it's Uh, like a a breeze comes in there's this thing that kind of happens each time one of the deaths happen where you see a little reflection kind of move by like a shadow or something and this happens in the reflection of the metal teapot you just see a figure kind of a shape move and a little breeze comes in and it blows out the the flame of the the stove Mm. but the gas keeps coming out but she notices pretty quickly but she doesn't turn it off but she then lights a new match and put starts reaching it towards and we're thinking this was going to explode. It doesn't. It just lights and it's fine. And it starts heating up that tea. 
and it eventually boils and she pours it into her teacup and as she's lifting up the teacup, she screams and throws out the hot water because the cup is of the high school that they that they are at and she is so traumatized by this high school she doesn't even want to see this cup but rather than use a different cup she decides to then put ice cubes in the cup and pour some vodka in it she needs a stiff drink but this Mm -hmm. quick transition from hot to cold makes a little crack in this mug she doesn't notice so she takes her mug of vodka and starts uh she walks into her little office area to keep packing Sets the mug on top of her computer, which is just never a good place for a mug. And especially not one with a crack in it that's dripping liquid. Oh, it's also like left a little trail of vodka that it's been dripping as she walked over here. She sets it on top of her computer, you know, a 2000s computer, a Y2K era computer. Mm-hmm. And keeps packing and then here's a little... Short circuiting thing and looks, and we see the computer is now smoking. And she gets, she goes up close to inspect it. And as she gets up close, the computer explodes, and the glass front of the computer shatters and impales her in the throat. A big shard of computer glass goes into her throat. She stumbles backwards, pulls it right out, which I think is not what you're supposed to do. No. And it's squirting blood and she's pressing onto it, putting pressure on it, kind of stumbling around her apartment now. And then the the spark from the from the computer now catches fire and lights up that whole line of vodka that had been dripping all the way back to the stove, lights the whole basically house on fire. There's like a whole path in the house is half on fire. Um. She's trying to to walk back to the stove. She's, I think, probably slips in the vodka. And um, we see Alex. This is intercutting between Alex at the detective station. They're basically saying, like, you know, this looks pretty suspicious. You've now been at, you know, people are dying that you saved. You've been at the scene of each of these crimes. And but they don't have anything to hold hold him on. They have no proof of anything. So they have to let him go. Um, and he, he is sticking to, to true to his story of, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I had a premonition and I think that we're going to die in this order. Death's coming for us all. The de- detectives look a little freaked out. Like maybe they kind of believe him. It, one of them says, just promise us nobody else will die. And he says, they can't promise you that. I can't promise you that. Like death is coming for us, but they can't hold him. They let him go. He gets to mrs luton's house right as it's now on fire and he he breaks in and sees her with the piece of glass or with the her neck bleeding and runs up to her and or no 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 first uh she is trying to grab a towel to use on her wound on her neck and she's reaching up onto the kitchen counter and we see that the towel is rested on top of a butcher block filled with knives oh my god (laughs) and she eventually reaches it pulls it down and like six knives go into her body (laughs) one one huge one into her chest like the biggest one into her chest and then a couple in her legs and she's still alive she's holding her throat she's freaking out she can't she can't get up and this is when alex comes in and he says like mrs luton like don't move don't move 
um, I'm going to help you. And then at that moment, the flames like p- cause this shelf to break and the shelf collapses and something falls off that shelf and knocks a chair over that lands on top of her, pushing the knife fur- oh further God. in. Alex panics, grabs the knife, pulls it out. Nope. She's obvious. She's dead now. And now he's just st- sitting over her dead body with the weapon yeah, in his hand. Looks very guilty. And he's wide-eyed, jumps up, runs out of the house. We see Billy on his bike riding by. Hey, Alex. <laughs> and wow. And Alex runs from the house. The house explodes. And uh they're both knocked over by the force of the explosion. Billy's like, "What's going on?" And Alex just bolts. He just runs into the woods doesn't talk to Billy and just gets the fuck out of there. Um, then uh, we see Clear and Clear and Carter and Billy somehow kind of congregate at that little memorial that was put up for the other students. And Carter is carving in Terry's name into it. Like she deserves to be here now. And Clear tells them, like, we need to find Alex. Alex knows what's going on. Alex knows the order, who, like, which of us is next. I guess he told her that, maybe. And she's basically like, we need to find him. So they get into Carter's car. And uh, they find him on a beach. And Clear and Alex have this... I guess it's supposed to be kind of a it's it's like an intimate conversation, just the two of them. And she basically reveals how her dad died when she was younger and um how lonely she has been. And they just have this kind of heart heart to heart where she's like, We can't give up now. And it's a little bit um They've got they've got a flirtation thing going and she kind of is like, don't because he's losing it a bit. He's getting more and more freaked out as everything is uh, progressing. And she's like, I need you stay with me here. Like, we can't give up now. Let's figure this out. So they get a, a second wind and all four of them get into Carter's car and um. Clear says that they can go to her dad's cabin in the woods oh, because they want to hide. They want to hide uh, Alex because he's now hiding from the detectives because he thinks that he will be sus- under suspicion of murdering Mrs. Luton. Uh, Fair. And Carter, again, <laughs> just starts being a huge asshole and starts driving like a maniac. He is running red lights. He is flooring it in this car. Super, super reckless driving on the way there. They're all screaming like, Carter, stop. What are you doing? He's like, I'm in control of my destiny. He like gets mad because he's like, tell us who's next. You got to tell us who's next. Oh, yeah. He's like, that's not going to help the situation. And he kind of is a dick about it. Yeah. Um, Devin Sawa. Yeah. Alex won't tell him, won't tell them who's next because he feels like that'll just make it worse. And he's like, the point is, we're all on the same list. We're all in this together. And like, we need to figure it out all together. Like, who's next doesn't matter. We all have skin in this game, basically. And then Carter's like, 
I will show you who dies next and it's going to be all of us right now. <laughs> right. He just wants to be in control again and he's going to live forever. Mm -hmm. He's going to live forever. Uh, and so they're fly they're flying down the streets. It's very stressful. They're all screaming. Alex looks down and sees his belt buckle torn open, like the 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 fabric ripped and looks at it and then does a double take and it's back to normal. And then he sees in the ref in the window, in the car window, a reflection of a train. And he, again, is kind of looking around. He's getting this feeling again. He's getting his little mini premonition. Well, and he does know who's next. He does know who's next, yes. And Clear yells, stop this car right now. And Carter slams on the brakes right on some train tracks. No. Oh. And the train is coming. Yes, it is. Of it's course. coming. The little things drop down. And he turns off the car. He's like, Okay, you said stop. They're all freaking out. Carter, unlock the doors. Let us out. Like, this is crazy. Don't do this. Um, they eventually are able to get out of the car. Clear Billy and Alex get out of the car. Carter won't. And is kind of looking at him like, fuck you guys. I'm in control here. Trying to be cool in his car. I feel... <laughs> Good. I'm at my best mental state. I'm in control of the circumstances. Everything that's happening to me right now is what I want to be happening, and mm -hmm. I feel really normal about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're screaming at him, "Get out! Get out!" And he's he like looks at him. He's like, "All right, you're right. It's not my time yet." And goes to turn the car back on, and it won't start. And now the train's getting closer, and he's trying to. Gets the car to start. It's not starting. It's not starting. They're like, just fucking get out of the car. Get out of the car. He reaches for the handle. Handle breaks off. Door won't open. And he goes to unbuckle his seatbelt. It won't unbuckle. He is stuck in it. And now he's really freaking out. He's like hyperventilating. And Alex eventually comes to help him. Is also trying to get the buckle up. It won't happen. It won't un unbuckle. And the train is right there now. And uh, Alex does one last pull and it breaks through the seatbelt. And he is able to pull uh, Carter out of the window of the car just in time. And the train hits the car, smashes it completely. The four of them kind of fall back into the uh, onto the dirt, like next to the train tracks. Uh, and what's his name? Sorry, Alex, Alex, or no, yeah, yeah, Billy, Billy is screaming now saying, it, you were next, you were next, and like, I gotta stay away from you, Carter, because you're clearly next, and we see this little shard of metal kind of getting, uh, vibrating on the train tracks, the train's like still going over it while he's shouting over the train. Yeah, the train like is still of the car, mm. like moving around under the train tracks. Uh huh. And mm. as Billy is yelling uh, at Carter, this little piece of scrap metal that broke from the accident gets caught in the in the train wheels and ricochets and slices Billy's head off at the jaw. So his bottom of no. the bottom of his <laughs> the bottom of his jaw remains on his body. The top of his head flies right off. And he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, pretty sure that'll do yeah. it. That'll do it. Yeah. 
I think he's dead. And at this moment, Alex looks confused. He's, he says, no, Carter was next. Carter was next. Like, this isn't, Billy wasn't supposed to be next. It was Carter that was supposed to be next. And Alex puts together that if he intervenes, it can skip someone. And it moves to the next person because mm-hmm. Billy was next after Carter. And mm. Carter's uh, like even more pissed. He's like, oh, what? So you're like God now? Like you're just in control of everything? Like you saved someone? God. You saved his fucking <laughs> life. God, this guy. You should let Carter die. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Jesus. Yeah, Carter never chills out. He's angry the whole time. And this is the moment at which Alex and Clear start calling each other baby. And it doesn't really I think the beach scene that they had their little intimate talk was cut down and that there was a more romantic thing where they kissed there at one point. But we didn't see that. And so they just start calling each other baby now. And it's also like, even if you've just had one kiss to start calling each other baby, yeah. it's such an extreme move. It's so wild to be like, baby. It like confused me when we were watching it. Cause I was like, did she just call him Billy? Like, yeah, we, I, we were really confused. And then she kept saying baby and we were like, okay, they're there. <laughs> okay. They're the, and they're there. It's very weird. And they're there. And we love that for them. <laughs> and we support it. Um, but yeah, she's like trying to calm down. Alex, like, baby, baby, it's okay, it's okay. And it's just very jarring. Like, <laughs> wait a second, <laughs> what's going on? Um, but so they decide they're gonna go to the her her uh the cabin in the woods still, and we find out that uh, Alex is indeed next on the list, and so we're gonna put him in this cabin, and they start like baby proofing everything in the cabin. They're like taping uh, duct tape and like foam on corners of tables. They're putting corks on any nails in the walls. They're just basically child proofing the whole place. But there's a lot Smart. of, there's a lot of still dangerous shit in there. It's like filled with uh, hunting gear and fish hooks. And oh no, it's, <laughs> It's not good. And Alex is really they they leave him there. So he's there by himself and he's kind of psyching himself up for this f- showdown with death. And he's just kind of yelling into space like, I'm I'm going to beat you. Maybe not forever, but today, like you're not killing me today and trips on something and a door opens and a fish hook flies out and he like closes the door before it opens all the way because I think that's where the guns are and knives are in there, too. And like a knife like burst through the wall right on his like to his face it doesn't get him but it's a uh, it's just him really losing it in this little cabin and then something happens i think he's just sitting there thinking and he realizes that he would have switched places with those girls to be next to Todd and this changes he he was basically calculating the death order from the place that he was in when he woke up but if things had gone according if to he plan stopped it. he would have moved to a different seat which changes the death order and makes clear next and him last 
And so, oh, okay, okay. uh oh, he's got to go see yeah, clear. So he he, I think he does a little test and like lights a lighter near him. What a wild explosion trajectory that it would have gotten right. Todd first and him last, but they were next to I each know. other. I'm not saying it's not possible, but <laughs> I don't know how. It is uh, very uh, unexpected. It's not what I would think an explosion would do. But uh, so he. Yeah, he heads out to go save, to go see what's going on with Clear, see if she's in danger. Uh, this is nighttime now. A thunderstorm is happening. We see her at her house and a lightning uh, lightning bolt knocks over a telephone pole and it breaks the telephone wire. So there's basically a live wire like flinging around in her backyard flailing and and there's her german shepherd dog is in the backyard tied up and barking at this live wire like he's getting like he wants to fight it and she sees that from her bedroom window and wants to run down to be like no 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 you can't fight the live wire (laughs) and just to untie him and maybe take him inside um so she starts uh, uh, running down to get the dog. We see Alex leaving the cabin and I guess the detectives were perched outside of the cabin cabin, and so they see him and start chasing him and he just hops into a little rowboat, <laughs> a rowboat. and starts paddling across the lake because I guess the cabin in the woods is just across the lake from where uh, Clear lives normally and it's funny the cops are like or the detectives are looking at him like well, I guess we have to drive all the way around, even though he's 15 feet away from them in a rowboat. They're like, ah, oh, he's in that boat, though. We can't get him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they start driving back to her house, and he is rowing across the lake to her house. And uh, we see that she has an above-ground pool that is starting to split at the seams as this live wire is is bouncing around in the yard and she eventually gets the dog untied the pool splits all the water comes rushing out the wire is now like in the air flailing around but the second it comes down we know all anyone touching that (laughs) anyone touching that water is toast So she screams at the dog to run. The dog runs away and she jumps onto a trellis on the side of her house. And so she's hanging off the side of her house as the uh, live wire hits the water. We see Alex now running kind of through the woods to her house and he trips and falls and tumbles down this hill and stops just short of this broken branch that could have easily impaled him in the face. It's a pretty cool shot. He kind of stops like an inch away from this gnarly looking branch. Doesn't doesn't get impaled, then keeps keeps running towards Clear's house. And Clear then uh, is still climbing up this trellis and eventually gets... Uh, onto the in through a window or something in through the roof somehow gets into her house and her house is now like sparks are flying this is an electrical storm happening things are maybe on fire now and she runs through down her stairs gets to her garage and gets in the car to drive away and as she's doing that 
she, like knocks over a can of turpentine and that's yep. now pooling on the ground under the car um she gets the car started the live wire is now flinging around her car <laughs> this is so ridiculous. something knocks over something knocks a pole off of like a shelf in the garage and it i feel like if you're clear at this point you're like oh i'm next right like there's no yeah. way definitely <laughs> like, definitely oh, no it's me for sure <laughs> and a, a pole impales the windshield like barely missing her and she is screaming trying to reverse and then the live wire hits the car and short circuits it basically and stops the car so the car just stops working and uh as this is happening, there's another part where a tree falls on Alex and he gets like pinned face first into small, like a pretty small puddle. But he is just there's just a tree on top of him and he's face first, like drowning in this small puddle and is eventually able to to push push himself free, runs to Alex, who is screaming in this car, and she's about to reach for the door handle, and he gets there just in time to say, no, 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 don't touch anything. Like, he says, you're grounded by the tires. Everything else is basically, anything metal is an electric risk. Like, don't touch the handle, don't touch anything. Stay stay right where you are. Um, and then another shelf falls over in the room, in the garage, knocking over, like, an oxygen tank, like a scuba tank type thing which then sprays oxygen and the live i don't know the live wire hits something else maybe the uh, and the turpentine catches fire which basically has now poured a puddle underneath the car so basically now there's just flames under the car and alex and clear are looking at each other and he says like okay the car is going to the car is going to explode uh I have to grab the live wire and you know what to do when I do that. And I think it's funny to be ambiguous in this, like to not have clear, like clear. Right. And, give, give explicit <laughs> like, instructions, To say please. you know what to do in a, in a very life-threatening situation. Well, she does welding in her spare time. That's true. So she does. She I knows mean, what to do. To, yeah. I mean, and she does know what to do. She does it, but it's still just like, I feel like at this moment I would be like, just fucking tell me, tell me what to do just in case, yeah. just in case. Uh-huh. Baby, baby, tell <laughs> baby, me. Baby, tell me. Oh, I think there are some babies thrown in this part too. Yeah, there is. But he's, and she's like, no, 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 you can't do it, baby don't do it don't do it and he says i'm not gonna it like if i if i intervene and it skips you um like i'm not gonna let this kill both of us like i'm gonna intervene it's gonna skip you this is the best chance we've got and he does it he goes and grabs the live wire holds it and she she is then able to open her car door and get out just as it explodes and the explosion force of the explosion throws them both back so he is electrocuted and thrown by an explosion and she's thrown back just as the detectives are, are pulling up and they're all then uh standing over Alex's body not getting a pulse and uh, it fades to fades to white, and then 
we get a little title card of six months later. And hmm. they are, it is Carter, Alex, and Clear on an airplane just landed in Paris. What? And they are like, well, we made it. We made it this time. She's like, there's no fucking way six months later I'm doing that same trip. No. <laughs> there's also no, no fucking way I'm hanging out with Carter. Just because we all went through this together, like, we're not friends. I don't want to see you, Carter. You suck. Yeah. Yeah, Carter sucks so hard. I 100% agree. None of this makes any sense. Didn't he lighten up, though, a little bit in this last segment? In this little bit, it he's seems like nicer. maybe some maybe he in these last six months have he says something here. So they go to he's they go to a little uh, Parisian cafe to have some wine and beer. They're sitting on a little outdoor patio. And Carter says something like, you know, nobody understands me like you guys do. Like you guys do. They're just bonded through trauma. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Alex is still, still focused on this plane crash. And they're like, they're like, Alex, get, get over, over it. it. Move we on. don't want to talk Move about on. this anymore. And he basically, I can't totally remember. Something has been nagging him and he whips out his little map of the seating chart of the plane. And he's basically like, if it skipped uh clear and should have been me like i didn't have uh nobody intervened with me like i made my choices myself like why didn't it come for me again and carter says something like well maybe it still is and clears all like carter stop and alex like works himself up and decides uh, uh, that he's going to go back to the hotel and he's like, you guys just, you guys stay, stay here. You stay without me. I'm, I'm going to go back to the hotel for now. And as he's kind of walking away, clear sees a bus reflection in the cafe window that is not actually there. And she, you see her kind of get the, the, the bad feeling and she turns and yells, Alex, and stops him in his tracks just before a bus drives by. And so he was inches away from getting hit by that bus. She stops it. She has intervened. And but then the bus crashes into the bu- the building, knocking off this big advert like billboardy type thing, like these big letters that's attached to this thick wire that then starts swinging like a pendulum. And so it's like swinging down towards Alex and Carter then dives and pushes Alex down. They both, it doesn't hit either of them. They're both safe. Carter stands back up and he's like, there you go. Like I intervened, like you're fine now. Not understanding how a pendulum works. (laughs) And he's standing up and is like, Oh, also one other thing that ha- at this little outdoor cafe, there's a little Parisian man playing John Denver on guitar. <laughs> oh no! That's what starts freaking Alex out Isn't in the he first place. Singing in French too, which yeah. is like why? yeah, singing a little John Denver in French, and uh, and so Carter has saved Alex and then stands up and is like, "See, like it's fucking fine. We're fine." <laughs> and then it swings back, 
Oh, and he, I think Alex says something like, well, it skipped me now. Now it's skipped me. And Carter says, well, then who's next? And then it's... Who do you think, Carter? <laughs> Everyone else is dead. <laughs> and it swings back the big old billboard thing and smacks Carter and cut to black. End of the movie. Wow. Okay, so Alex and Allie Larder are still alive. And they're in the future ones, I'm guessing. Allie Larder definitely is. I don't remember them well enough to know. I'm sure they make cameos. Allie Larder is for sure in number two as like a main character. Okay. Okay. Wow. I want to know more about these premonitions. This I'm curious about. I like forget... They go in depth in the re- and there's like five more movies. Yeah, there's five. <laughs> and total. they really like go in deep to some weird stuff about all of this. But I don't remember really. I mean, we'll have to cover the rest of them to get these answers. But yeah, basically, I just think it's they cheat death and then death comes for them and kills them in real crazy ways. I remember the tanning bed one. There's an acupuncture one where someone falls on their acupuncture needles. No, I hate that. So They're much. They're so skinny, though. I know it doesn't kill him. Um, it, there's it, LASIK eye surgery. Let's just throw. Ooh, them the LASIK there. eye oh, surgery God. one. That's why I won't get it. There's um a pool. Wait, pool butt on the hole. Oh yeah, someone's butt gets stuck on like this drain suction at <gasps> oh, the butt. I've heard about that. I've heard about that. <laughs> and it like oh, sucks crazy. out their intestines out of their butt. They get more like hokey as you go along and they're funny and you kind of laugh, but they are still scary. The the highway one, right? Isn't there one? Yes, that's number two. And that one really Mm -hmm. stayed with me for a long time because that's the Mm -hmm. that's the opening disaster that they have a premonition Mm -hmm. and then evade. It's someone it's people driving on a freeway behind a logging truck. Where the Mm -hmm. logs come loose and basically impale all these various cars around them causing like this huge 20 car pile up and these people just dying in these horrible car accidents, which that one feels very plausible. Real. And and so does a plane crash. I wonder if the original, like, well, and so does a roller coaster. Maybe they try to keep the initial thing kind of the most realistic and then the f- yeah. the subsequent yeah. deaths are and deaths like watch me get creative because you watch me get creative me. yeah <laughs> right fine you're gonna make me work for it <laughs> wow but they're I mean I think they're pretty fun movies and I think it's a very unique premise I honestly I think it's good I really liked it yeah I mean I was very entertained hearing about it um so all right Jenna what can we read a little line of this essay oh, yeah. or what. Do you have a, do you have a yeah, specific, get a line. do you let's want me to read line. it? Do you want to read it? Well, tell me which okay, part. So I had a writing project when it was the year 2000 that we were talking about earlier. So mm-hmm. keep in mind, this was a weird time. <laughs> so I chose to wrote, I wrote about memories for me of the, of the past year of the end of the century. Ooh. And um, one of the big standouts was Final Destination for me. So I just wrote an essay about it, kind of like a review and kind of like, what it made me feel. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, should I read this? Uh, you could okay, so here's what I said. Yes. I'll open it up for you. With plane crashes, deaths, and unanswered questions about the path of death, 
This movie has everything a great action-packed horror movie needs. <laughs> this movie is perfect for someone who likes movies that could actually happen, yet are on the verge of being unbelievable. <laughs> mm. On the verge. Right? On the verge. Right on the verge. I did Henley go into how it's a little bit too um, gory, so you're right. I thought it was a bit much. It's too much. Uh, that's pretty much it. It was a little bit too I much. I said, on a scale yeah. from 1 to 10, I would give it a 9. So I've always liked it. Oh my god! Oh, if you haven't high. seen it, you should. If you have a second time, wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you loved it! You loved it! Oh, you heard it! You heard That's it here first. Amazing! You heard it here. See it once. See it twice. See it once. See it twice. Can't hurt. It can't hurt. Another viewing wouldn't hurt. Oh my god, Jenna! Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was moving. yeah. I mean, I feel really passionate about it. I have chills. Even 21 years later, I still do. It's real. It's pretty good. Mm. I, I mean, again, I'll say I think the the bad reviews and the low Rotten Tomatoes score is unfair. Well, it's like a dumb movie where I mean, it's like a dumb, scary movie. You have to go in thinking that, but you can. Also it's not life changing. Like, Nothing's gonna. See, I don't know. I feel like it was. It was if you're <laughs> at the right moment because it's like if you are a child, maybe you shouldn't watch this movie, but. It's like the first time you realize, like, remember when you first thought about, like, predestination? Like, that was an idea of, like, yeah. oh, I don't have a choice in my life. I just, like, die one day and, like, I don't know when it is. Mm -hmm. Remember that website where you could look up what time you were going to die? Oh, yeah. I feel like I that was all that. happening then. I was like, mm -hmm. it's like these ideas were going around. So this just hit you at the right, the right place, the right time as you were starting to contemplate your yeah, mortality like my mortality like how one action leads to another like that this is effect. like probably around the time of the butterfly effect yeah uh-huh and then i was watching <laughs> i was always a big fan of the x-files and this kind of does feel like a long x-files same episode. same director as some of the x-files mm -hmm. but it's just like fun and they get more fun and it's mm-hmm Interesting. Well, we're going to have to do a future Final Destination. I think there's yeah. a new one coming, so we should actually do that, oh, I think, wow. in the next year. Ooh. Even though they said that the last one was the last one. Um, are there any fun voices? No. So we could do a French accent. <laughs> We've done that too. <laughs> always, always do a French accent. That's just a default should, to sure. a French. Um, no, let's just do our regular voices. Oh. But wow. do you want to do okay. French? Okay. No, but I feel like there's got to be something. Sean William Scott, can you do like dude, dude, my dude car voice? Oh, should we do a John Denver? John Denver. I voice? don't know What's what a John that? Denver voice is. I don't know what that would be. Yeah, maybe we should just. We could do it. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do regular voice. Let's just do regular voice. Okay. Regular voice, but like a um, uh, two thousand care. Yeah. Y two K voice. Y two K voice. Do what you think your voice was like. In the year 2000. It sounded the same as it does uh, now. That's fine. That's fair. Mine was probably a little bit higher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sammy. Come on, let's hear at Too Scary to Watch. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the podcast, you can support us by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, or you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Either of those things help other listeners find the podcast, so that really helps us out. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. 
where you will get access to two bonus episodes a month and some other cool stuff as well. And last but not least, don't forget to check out our new merchandise. It is available on Redbubble. We will have a link to it on our Instagram, or you can find it on our website at twoscarydidn'twatch.com. Hope you guys like it. Some real cool stuff up there. Go check it out. And we will be back next week with an episode on Deep Blue Sea. Talk to you then. Love you guys. 